Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I said I'm feeling kind of rough Let me break it to you, son Your shit's fucked up I said my shit's fucked up Well, I don't see how He said the shit that used to work Won't work now So here's a very special episode. Uh, Nate and I were lucky enough to to be able to have a conversation with Brian Cranston about uh, Breaking Bad and other stuff. So um, I hope you all enjoy this as much as we did. Uh, it's uh, going to be fun uh, to share this with y'all, hear what everyone has to say. And uh, thanks to uh, three-time Emmy Award winning actor Brian Cranston for spending time with us. All right, so you all enjoy this. It's Rachel. Hey, Rachel, this is Bill McGee with uh, Behind the Cutting Edge. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Let me get Brian for you. Okay. Great. Hey, Bill McGee. Hey, Mr. Cranston. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I'm yeah. on here. Actually, we've got I've got our one of my other podcast friends, Nate, on with us, if that's okay. No, no, I have to draw the line. Uh, unacceptable. <laughs> I don't like Nate. I've never liked Nate. Uh, <laughs> scoundrel. And He's now a rogue and a scoundrel. <laughs> yep. Well, um, All right, well, um, I'll uh, I'll just hang up now. Um, <laughs> it was nice to meet you, Mr. Hey, that you do, Nate. All right. <laughs> Damn you, Nate. Damn you, Nate. Well, um, so how's everything going, Mr. Oh, uh, well. You know, we're we're uh, we're um, we finished about a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. And um, it's kind of interesting when you finish um, shooting a series before any of them air. You don't I guess. get a sense, and um, and also <clears throat> you don't get to celebrate. You know, usually when you know when I was doing Malcolm, you'd come in on Monday and go, "Hey, that sh- the show last night was great. Yeah, I did really well." And you know. That was so funny, the way that came together, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, we don't get that opportunity. But, you know, it's a small price to pay. Yeah. Well, you I know. mean, it's got to be great to have that behind you and to be able to... Um, I, I was going to ask about your... With the podcasting with uh, Kelly Dixon, um, do you guys record all those at one time after the series is finished completely, or...? We, do, we record... We try to, you know, make it um, efficient, so we go in and do about four of them at a time. Okay. And and not necessarily, we, but we won't release them until after, of course, that episode has aired. Right. So yeah, and so we'll do more, and and we like to. We're we're all very proud of the show, and um, and we keep getting questions from from. Uh, 
you know a lot of fans about the the inside operation how it works how you came to that decision why did you go with that storyline why was this color chosen and all those things and so I think it's interesting to, to, you know, pull the curtain and allow the audience to see behind it. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's part of, you know, we, uh, I, I actually, I'm, I'm colorblind. I can't see certain colors. And uh, it's kind of funny when the guys are, when we're talking about the, the uh, show and they're talking about the different colors someone used, and I'm thinking, huh, I did not even notice that. Is there a color uh, scheme for this season or... Well, there's there's a color scheme for everything, and you've talked to have you you've talked to Vince, right? Not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, hopefully I'll I can. Talk to him. He he has he's a hands-on type of guy involved in everything, and um, there is um, a very uh, important component that uh, the other people who are not colorblind would be able to tell. But when I first started the show, I was in. And I'm just realizing this won't mean anything to you. I was in beige colors and sand hopes and, and light yellows. Everything that kind of had me blend into the walls. This is what we had talked about because I wanted to have Walter White appear invisible. I, I wanted nothing to stand out. Oh, I see. And then I think and that even – this is – this is Nate here. Uh, I think that, that, that even applies to that. The Aztec, isn't that, wasn't that a custom paint job that doesn't actually <laughs> yeah, come on that car is. because they wanted it to look that way? Yeah, um, we, we wanted to take the color. I took the, we took the color out of my face, my makeup, um, so that it's, it's – you know, I normally have a kind of a ruddy complexion, and, you know, and we took the color out. We took the color out of my hair. We, took, we just wanted to make him drab. And so the color of the car is, is that kind of uh, flat avocado. And um, just, it's unremarkable. That's what, what the whole point was. We wanted to make, we wanted to make Walter White unremarkable. Oh, that is and awesome. So that you subliminally, without even, you know, paying much attention to it, you just, you just go, boy, this guy's life is colorless. He's just, he's just poor mm. guy, doesn't have anything going for him. And then slowly we introduce color. So every single character on the show has a color palette, a spectrum that that uh, uh, Kathleen De Toro, our costume designer, um, developed with Vince to see how the progression of things. Um, that's why in the in the pilot you'll see I'm in yellows and beiges and taupes until the final thing, until I'm uh, you know the. the I'm out in the desert, and the, the green shirt, right? The green represented a life activity. And okay. So you'll no, you'll notice uh, that I go into colors when I'm in more active scenes. Huh. That's really interesting. And, I like- and as my character darkens, so too does my color palette it gets darker and dark in reds and blacks, things like. Yeah, that. and the um and the because the, the lab that's really red. The super, yeah. the, the kind of super lab. That's 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 really red. And then um, when you put on the Heisenberg cap, the Heisen hat, I like to call it. Uh, you kind of that's because that's that's a, that kind of changes your character a little bit too. And that's because that's a dark black color. It does well. a lot. Yeah, it, it changes it considerably. And um, yeah, so I mean, all of that uh, is every aspect of the show is designed. 
Uh, and then it leaves rooms for some, some happy accidents. For instance, the gunshot last season. I'm sure you've, you've heard and read the gunshot uh, that, you know, when, when Jesse shoots uh, Gale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was not intended to be a misdirect for the audience. Oh, with the it, camera uh, shot? The camera. The way it, yeah. when, when you, if you saw, if you were able, if it was a wider shot and you were able to see the background, you would notice that it's the camera that moved and not the gun. But because he had such a tight lens on it, you didn't see background. So you had nothing to relate it to. So as the dolly, as the camera dollies right, uh, the, the gun can look as if it's moving off of its target. And it created a happy accident. It created the buzz and the conversation. And it was like, wow, okay. But as, as Vince wanted, he didn't want to... It, it, it was a happy accident, but he, he did not want to purposefully mislead the audience. And, right. You know, and that's so really that, made, so that's he made really, it clear in the first yeah. episode that he was dead. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting because, like, the um, we had we had people actually writing into the podcast saying, you know, everyone had their own guesses and their own <laughs> theories and stuff about that. It's very interesting because um, that that was an accident. Uh, I like that. I like that. Well, yeah. um. How um, I have I have been seeing a lot of uh, press about Drive, and yeah. I cannot wait for that movie to come out. Um, it's a cool film; you'll, you'll love it. I, I it's really Nicholas Raffin, our director, um, has a, a very interesting, specific sensibility, and uh, it feels like a European dark noir kind of thing and it's um, very right. cool. um you see Albert Brooks in a role that I don't know anyone else who would cast him in this role oh I uh, know but it's very bold and um we just had a great time making it and it's really cool I I, I really enjoy it and it comes out in September and I have another movie that comes out in September as well called Contagion uh Steven oh, yeah. directed it so mm. I'm in that as well. So it's going to be a busy year. I guess so. Well, um, <laughs> and also Total Recall. I'm going. Oh what? yeah, we're excited. We're excited about that one. The Total Recall thing. Um, yeah, I just got back from Comic Con, and oh. uh, in San Diego, and they showed a clip of Total Recall, and we had a panel, and oh my god, it looks fantastic. And, so are you guys you know, finished just, with that? No, I actually oh. go back in, in about another week and a half and oh. get back up there and and, uh, and finish off uh, for two weeks my work. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was it was fun to do. And another good group of people, Colin Farrell, Jessica Biel, Kate Beckinsale, just, um, and Len Weissman, our director. Is, we're, we're just having a great time. Uh, it sounds like it. So, yeah, I, heard, you know, even I heard this. You look at yeah. you look at the uh, the nineteen ninety version, and just in in you know twenty years, the difference in in computer graphics has <laughs> exponentially improved. And so, in that alone, you're going to see some really cool effects. But I also think that this is a better script. That this script gets into the characters, and you really feel for them, and and. Uh, 
So it's going to be it's going to be great. I'm looking forward and, to it. And and no Mars. I've read somewhere that no that's, no Mars. Yeah. Yeah, I heard yeah, it's they, closer to the book than right. It, it's much closer to the Philip K. Dick uh, novel than than the, uh, the Schwar- uh, Schwarzenegger uh, version, which mm-hmm. was kitschy and and fun, but. Ultimately, I, I don't I don't know that it really holds up. Uh, it's, it's certainly not taken as a serious film. Uh, right. It's taken as a film that you can have fun with. But um, but I, I think ours is going to be something that that people are going to really have a ride. It's it's a it's a great great ride. Well, uh, I nope. love Total Recall. Um, no, but I, I gotta go know. Ahead. I gotta know. Is there because because with the new Total Recall, you gotta take it a step bigger, I think. And so, are you gonna go? Are you gonna go and have a four-boobed uh, mutant prostitute? In this <laughs> or tradition, what? my friend. Tradition. We gotta go with three boobs. Yeah. <laughs> go with the three boobs. Don't don't break from that. Okay. Uh, go with That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, but now I guess now you'd have pierced nipples or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's gonna be crazy. Um, well, so how has your life changed uh, since your your three Emmys? Congratulations, by the way. Um, I yeah. mean, you're you and Bill Cosby are you know yeah. battling it out for the Emmy. You know. Um, <laughs> well, it'll it'll end there. We'll stay tied because. Uh, I'm not eligible this year, and because uh, our show didn't air until July, so uh, I'll be a spectator at the Emmys this year, which is fine by me. I'm looking forward <laughs> to being able to be there and and um, hopefully, you know, be a part of presenting uh, an Emmy to someone. It'll be fun. Well, it, it I, I I'm so glad that, like I said, it well deserved you and actually Aaron Paul as well. Um, well, thanks, man. I, you know, I, I sometimes, I, I know the sentiment behind that, but I, I, I feel like um, well deserved the, the comment. I, I, because I'm, I'm a real, you know, brethren type of person. So it's like, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to win this year and congratulate them, and I, I'm looking forward to being able to embrace that person. Um, so as far as the saying that I, it, I deserved it almost connotes that the other people didn't quite deserve it as much. <laughs> you know, no. it's like, I think it's, it's one of those things where you just got lucky. I got into a, into a role that is the role of my life. It is, it is demonstrative. It is, um, it shows well. It's, um, it's a broader role to play. It's a bigger canvas to paint on than a lot of the other roles. And so when you see it isolated like that in a in a, a tape or an episode um, it really stands out and uh, it, I, I, I often think of my friend Jason Alexander when he said um, that when it comes to Emmy he can get nominated for, for Seinfeld when he was doing that but as far as being able to actually win when you isolate the episodes and you see the outrageousness and the physicality of that Michael Richards' character had, as opposed to George Costanza's, you know, then you realize, oh, isolated, it's a much flashier role. It's a much bigger, broader role. Right. Draws more attention, and and I I think my role on Breaking Bad is that as well. It's a 
a bigger, flashier role. And uh, I well, love you're it. definitely the master of your domain in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, fantastic to see. Uh, I, I just I'm amazed every time it comes on with Vince Gilligan and, uh, doing. Um, oh gosh, did we lose the call? I'm still, still here. There? Did we lose it, Mr. Cranston? Oh man! All right, that's okay. We can call him back. Rachel. Hey there. Hi. Sorry, I think you guys got disconnected. Yeah, apologize. Hold on. Thank you. I've got one from. Uh, You're Garrett. on the line. Okay. I wonder what happened. <laughs> I don't I know. Don't, you know, sorry we, about that. Guys, we call ourselves. You guys hang up on me. And, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. We we got sick of you, so we were like, uh, <laughs> damn you. But uh, yeah, we call ourselves behind the cutting edge for specifically this reason because <laughs> we suck at technology, <laughs> and uh, of course, it it comes through in the worst of times. But you know, it reminds me of the uh, the Dunder Mifflin motto or credo applying paper to a paperless world (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome um well i i guess we can go ahead and i don't want to take up too much of your time i appreciate so much you taking time with us Um, i'm glad to yeah we trent and i started this we're just a couple of hicks from you know alabama and talking about a show about methamphetamine that we know nothing (laughs) about (laughs) and um And then, uh, like I say, Nate came on board with us this year, and we're having a great time with it. But yeah. um, um, I think I've gone through most of the things I had for you um, as far as questions. But I did have one from one of our listeners um, was asking in particular about the anti-hero because we've got, like, Dexter, um, Mad Men, um, and uh, the what's the one about the motorcycles? The uh, sure, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yes. And you have uh, Rescue Me. You have all that. What's happened is that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, that's it. You, you got it totally. Well, I, I think what I think audiences today are far more sophisticated than they were earlier. There's far more choices uh, available for attention. So. Shows have to be smarter. You can't just serve them pablum anymore and have a lead character who has no problems, never cheats on his girlfriend, drinks in moderation, great looking, great car, <laughs> solves the crime at the end of the, you know, it's like, it's boring and uh, it's just uninteresting and not compelling and not smart. So you're never, I don't think you're going to see a, uh, you know, a, a Thomas Magnum anymore. I was just going to say Magnum P.I., but you hit yeah, it. Yeah, you're just not going to see that because it's – talk about a fantasy. Yeah. Who, who can relate to that? It's it's total fantasy. I mean, I suppose in some circles there's a place for that. But I think audiences in general say, no, give me something I can relate to. Give me something that that makes me think. Give me something that challenges the status quo. Uh, and so that's why you see all these – these series that that have these compelling conflicted lead characters that people go yeah i feel that way oh look at walter white he's starting to get seduced by the money by the power wow that's weird 
I don't know. He, he killed that guy. I think he could have avoided that, but he didn't. And oh man, what am I doing? I, I'm starting to root for the bad guy. And I know that's in that in in and of itself. I think that's more compelling storytelling because you're you're giving a dilemma to the audience. In when you watch Law and Order, and that's for a different audience. Mm-hmm. You watch it. Right. You see the crime at the beginning. And then you see our heroes come in, and, and you know at the end of this episode they're going to solve the crime, and the guy's going to either go to jail or not, and, and you wrap it up, and that's it. And it's like, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much investment from an audience. Um, it's entertaining, and it has its place. But it, it's not, it doesn't develop, oh, I've got to see Law & Order tonight. I've got right. to get home. I've got to see it. You know, you're not going to see a lot of blogs, I think, along that line because it just it, it it's not something that compels people to get truly involved. Um, so, uh, I I think that's the the new order yeah. uh, in television is is this way. And the other factor I think of why we're seeing all these new and interesting shows. Are because remember the remember 15 years ago there were really cool one million dollar independent films all over the place. Oh right, and, Clerks and, and yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you can you can see these really cool um, anti-hero kind of lead character in, you know independent films, and those dried up. The studios, uh, you know, was a kind of in favor, and then all of a sudden. They, they didn't have uh, a revenue stream for that level. Also, right. you know, it's hard to make a movie. So they thought, why are we busting our ass to make two nickels? <laughs> we can bust our ass to make 200 million. Right. Um, so that's their thinking, because the studios, first and foremost, are a business and they want to make money. Um, now, then you enter cable and AMC... Uh, is courageous uh, to be able to look at programming like this, but also it's their mandate. It, because if if they put on something, if they put on a show, a type of show that you could see on NBC or CBS or something, then why would someone tune in AMC? Right. It's, it's, a, it's a regular cop show or it's a doctor show, and you know, okay. But so their mandate is, if it can be on broadcast network, we don't want it. Don't Ugh. bother pitching your story to us. If you could see it on on NBC, CBS, ABC, I don't know how you guys got away with uh, the um, uh, Victor's death. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, look at that. I mean, I our show just... couldn't be on. It's too too graphic. That was so Some brutal. People are saying it's too oh. violent, and and I'm I'm saying we are just following what we promised you. Right. We promised from the beginning that we're going to take a character and change him from a good guy to a bad guy. That's what we promised. And, yeah. And we also promised he only has two years to live. Hmm. In the four years that we've been on the air, story-wise, we've covered about a year. So how much more we can do, I don't know. It depends on on Vince Gilligan and, and how much he thinks he can uh, out with the pace of 
you know, a fifth season if we're so lucky to be able to get that, which I think we will. Oh, yeah. Um, and does it mean we can do a sixth season? I think so. Um, I hope so. But I'm not in the I'm not in the on the head of uh, of Vince Gilligan. I don't I don't know. Well, and, it seems you know, like he said I, he, he he said recently that thought I don't see how it can go. You know, at first he said four, and now he said five. And I think you, you know it depends on when you ask him the question. He and the writers have a hellacious responsibility, and you know it's to work yourselves into a corner. A seemingly inextricable corner, and then the next season you work yourself justifiably out of that corner. Right. And then, Sounds like and lost then plan a little bit. the whole year. It's just it's it's really really hard on him. So he gets stressed out, and like anyone would. And and if you ask him when he's in the middle of his stress, hey, how many years more? How many more years can you go? And he's oh God, I don't see how we can, you know. <laughs> we just killed him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, I, I would venture to say that if you asked Vince after his holiday, which I think is coming up in October, he'll take nearly the month off. Uh, ask him when he comes back from his holiday and say, well, how long, much longer do you think it could go? I think you'd, you'd have a different answer. Well, that, that makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to know that you guys are just as down to earth as we are. I mean, uh, it seems like Vince would be a great guy to talk to. Um yeah, you know you I absolutely are, and um, I have a, a I just I, I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just it's really a thrill. It's really a thrill. But uh, I think you you guys do a fantastic job on the show. Um, Nate has a we do a, a game every week on our yeah we do podcast yeah we, yeah we do a game every week on our podcast called the Nate Bjork Popcast Pod Quiz. And I um, asked the uh, other other two hosts, Bill and Trent, who Trent's not here, um, uh, questions. And the winner of the quiz gets an eight point, which means nothing, but it's a that's what it is. Um, uh-huh. And so I would like to play. Uh, I would like to play a round of the Nate Bjork Popcast Pod Quiz with you, if you'd like. All right, let's and, go. And, and you'd be playing against Bill. Um, Better and have usually, your thinking cap on. And usually, yeah, usually the t- usually the topic is the last episode of Breaking Bad, but this one the topic is Brian Cranston is the topic. Oh, oh man, man. What if I lose this. How can I lose this? This is going to be you- tough. All right. In um, are we supposed to are supposed to buzz in or? Yeah, just how about just say buzz or answer? No, first one to answer. We'll go first one to answer gets a point, and there are four questions here. Okay. Um, with, and there's one bonus question if it's tied. Well, why couldn't right. we have these questions about me? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, let's. Okay, never mind. I'm going to change it. Um, okay. Pull up my. Let's do it about Nate. Yeah, yeah. let's do it about me. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, um, you played in the '80s. In the '80s, you were um, a guest star on two different shows where you uh, played a guy named Brian, but it's spelled the other way. Name one of those TV buzz. shows. Buzz, buzz in, oh, buzz in. Go, go. Okay, yeah. Murder, she wrote. Yep. That's right. Uh, take that, Nate. For real. <laughs> yep. Eat it, Nate. <laughs> Murder, she wrote. You're going, you're going down, Nate. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Chips was one of them, wasn't it? Or was no, it? No, Matt, Matlock. He was, you were also... Um, oh, is that right? Yeah. 
Your, Man, you um, made the rounds, Mr. Chris, and that was... Oh, my God. That was a whore. <laughs> I, I just looked me. down. Well, last night when we were trying to get ready a little bit for this, I, I pulled up IMDb, and I was just like, this guy was in every TV series except the A-Team and Love Yeah, Boat. which my wife was in. <laughs> oh, she was in that. Yeah, whatever Whatever I was in and she was in. Oh. All right. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um... So you got the first point. Congratulations. Uh, okay, next one. Next question. Um, you're a, you're a, Jane Kaczmarek went to uh, undergrad where I went to grad school. Which school is that? University of Wisconsin. That's right. Jeez. Eat it, Nate. <laughs> Eat it, Nate. <laughs> I'm getting killed here. All right. Um, yeah. You know, Actually, here's a funny story. So inside, how would how would Nate know that? Uh, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Be- I knew that because I, I was, I was, uh, I was, um, I was, uh, I was um, on the terrace at the UW with my brother about a year or two ago, and I saw her there, and I was like, Levi, let's go talk to her. Let's go talk to her. And um, <laughs> but we could we couldn't figure out how to pronounce her last name, so we just came up with her like Jane, which is yeah. kind of. Not polite, but um, and uh, she was very gracious. Uh, okay, she's a so, good girl. Yeah, she's yeah. fun. Um, question three: Have you ever worked with Chuck Norris? Oh, Buzz, I'm going to say okay, no. Bill. No, Bill, you are incorrect. What? Uh, you were uh, in in '94. You were in an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. Ah, oh. that's right. Now, As a character, char- it's kind of a trick question because I never actually worked with him in that show. Uh huh. I was in that show that he was the star of, but I never actually, I never actually. Met oh really? Him. Okay, no, I didn't see that episode. Did. Oh okay. No. Wow. I'll give that to Nate. Give that to Nate. Throw him a Give phone. that to Bill. Yeah. Or is it Bill playing? It's Nate? Bill. No, I'm Bill. sorry. Yeah. Nate's, Bill. Nate's, it's all right. Yeah. Um, no. give that to Bill. All right, we'll give that one to Bill then. Um, here's the last and final question. Um, you've got a, a movie coming out. That's the... Okay, how do I ask this question? Um, okay, you've got a movie coming out. That's the same title of the episode of X-Files that you were in. What is that title? It's Contagion, isn't it? Oh, no. you had your opportunity, Bill. Ah. You had your chance. We have to accept that as your last answer. Uh, that's, <laughs> drive. That's right. Oh drive. man, I'm such an idiot. That was all. That was all you did in that episode. Yeah, it was, uh, we were in the back of that car, and and the company drove. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. shoot. Oh, I'm, please send me a picture. Now we. This was the bet, right? He'd have to run naked around the the town square. Well, Bill yep. has to run naked around the town yeah, square. Yeah. Well, streak through the quad, but yeah. I had to wait. Yeah, <laughs> I had to wait for my boy Blue to show up. <laughs> but um, well, well, so so you won that. You won that uh, the the Nate Bjork Popcast Pod Quiz, which means you won a Nate point. So congratulations! Hey, I'm gonna cash that in. Uh, yep. <laughs> if you can save up enough, you get a free pencil eraser. Yep. Oh, awesome! Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Um, 
but hey, uh, guys, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, with your help, this little show that's on us, you know, a relatively small network, um, and we're never going to be a show that gets a lot of eyeballs because uh, it's a very specific taste. You know, it, this show appeals to a specific audience, and it's not for everyone. It's not for the young. It's not for the squeamish. It's not for the, the people who like to have everything wrapped up in a neat little bow at the end of every episode. It's, it's, it's just not. So we're not going to get millions and millions of people watching this show. And so we have to figure out a way to make it profitable still because it's still a business. And, we have, and our, our network has to figure out a way to, to be able to sustain and, and make enough money to break even, basically, uh, on, on how much money they spend to make it. Right. And so what I'm getting around to in a long-winded way is, is to thank you guys for putting the word out, because without the critics, without the blogs, without the podcasts, um, we don't stimulate the interest and energy uh, to have people try us out and to see if we are their flavor, and uh, and you know, so I, I really appreciate it. It, it. I know it's, there's effort going into it, and and we we appreciate that. And sometime next year when we're uh, in New Mexico again, you guys should take a little road trip out to New Mexico and visit us on the set and do your podcast live. Uh, oh, that would be oh, something. Man, we should do that. We should totally do that. That would be awesome. That'd I think so, too. We're going to pop in. You can be on the set, and we're then you just broadcast. Oh, we'll wow. To, we'll absolutely have to work that out somehow. Uh, I, yeah. I, that's kind of... Uh, I'm a little bit uh, taken aback, Mr. Krantz. I wasn't expecting you to thank us. That's that's crazy talk. Well, I, it, uh, I, I also thank all the, uh, the critics out there who get the message out through yep. you know radio or television or newspapers or magazines um, that allow our ratings to go up and which they did tremendously this year and by doing so it it triggered uh, AMC to go well look we were able to you know charge this much for a 30 second commercial and that gives us some money back and and it gives them more impetus to to sign us up for the next year and it, you know what I mean so it, it just yeah, well, works absolutely. all the way around so there's there's really a, a teamwork here and a, and a symbiotic relationship between us who make the show and those who like the show and love the show and, and want to see it succeed um, because in, in truth you know no one's no one's getting rich off this <laughs> it's a labor of love uh you know, I know that, that our studio, which uh, technically owns the show, Sony TV owns our show, and they lease it to AMC. So they've been going, they've been, it's a common practice to go into deficit financing when, when they produce a TV show. Hmm. Uh, so every single week, and this is true, every single episode, they go into the red several hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Wow. In the hopes that they, that a show is successful, and they can accumulate enough episodes to sell it in foreign markets and syndication, that sort of thing, 
and then they can recoup their money. And sometimes they recoup a lot of money, and often they don't. So that's the game they play, the risk that they put out, is that they, they risk you know, losing a lot of money up front in hopes that they can recoup it on the back end. Uh, it works. When it really works, it's fantastic. Like Seinfeld is owned by Sony. So they make a tremendous amount of money off of that. But conversely, the shows that only last a year or two or even three and don't have enough accumulated episodes to sell, they lose on that. They just lose. Let's so, so a show like Rubicon. Um, Rubicon, uh, well, it, it wasn't a Sony show, but I, I'm trying to remember who was the production on that. It might have been AMC themselves. Whoever produced that show lost money. Right. Whoever produces even two seasons of a show is a, is a money loser. Hmm. For easily. Easy call. Money loser. Even sometimes three, unless you have enough episodes to sell. But usually three, three seasons are not enough. Oh. So, so it, it, it takes a lot of uh, faith on a lot of different uh, entities, on Sony, on AMC, on ourselves, on you guys, putting the word out, keeping the interest going, and, and looking forward to every episode, and commenting on it the following week, and you know, it, really, it really does help uh, all around, and so uh, we thank you for that. Well, I, I want to say thanks a lot for, for spending some time with us. Um, I, yeah, like I said, you're a real down-to-earth guy, which I was hoping you would be. And uh, just I've heard you on other interviews. You're just a professional, and uh, just and you can tell you really love the craft. You love this uh, this job that you're yeah. you're doing. I mean, it's uh, it really comes through with everything that you you do. Well, thank you. Uh, even the the sense of smell short movie, which was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, that was funny. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, yeah. I just I, I love the work, so uh, I'll, get to, I'll continue doing that and until it's my time to hang it up, and then I'll walk away. Well, we'll we'll continue to look forward to more and more from you. Uh, like I said, I can't wait to see Drive Total Recall. It's going to blow my mind. Um, it's going to be fun. Good times Indeed, ahead as well. September, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brian, Thanks, Mr. Kraft. Yeah, thank uh, you very much. Let's talk again, and then uh, think about it. Uh, next year, it'd be fun to to do a, like a live podcast from from Albuquerque. Yeah, I'll probably be busy doing something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, let's yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we'll have to All do right. that for certain. Appreciate yeah. it. Well, thank All you right. very well, much for spending time, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. You bet. Thank Take you care. very much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye now. All right, so that was it. Uh, thanks again to Brian Cranston for uh, spending time with us. Uh, we had a great time, down-to-earth guy. Um, I just couldn't have asked for a better better man to talk to. Um, this was a fantastic, fantastic time. Uh, thanks again, Brian. And uh, we'll catch you all on the flip side. Later.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.